From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fire some freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? Welcome to another Clover Tack Podcast powered by, of course, Trailblazer firearms got what i hope will be a good one today uh we've got matt with live free armory and i've been aware of live free armory for some time i don't think i have any experience with their stuff and don't know honestly a whole lot about the company so i'm going to be learning just as much as you guys are um speaking of that whether you're in uh replay obviously if you're out there in the audio or video replay world there's a comment section down below so as we move along if you've got questions comments whatever throw them down there if you're following in live welcome welcome and you can participate out there in the live chats question comments stuff like that i will flag those be patient because i'm not going to disrupt the flow of the conversation to ask especially an off-topic question. So throw them out there. I will flag them. We will get to them. We've got plenty of time today to do that. As always, a special thanks to the Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members, those that super chat, those that super thanks, uh, those that shop, clovertech.com slash shop. And a quick note from yesterday's show. Before I continue here, uh, we should have had Galloway Precision on yesterday. There was a scheduling conflict, a timing issue. That happens sometimes. We've got them rescheduled, and you'll find that on the uh, CloverTech homepage there on YouTube, scheduled out for, I believe it's the 26th. Uh, but we did have a super chat or a super sticker or something come in before that show started because it never happened. So, uh, Ricardo out there, Lucy, if you're listening, if you're watching, uh, thumbs up. Thanks for the uh, support out there. Just wanted to mention that since that show did not happen. And as always, we are a proud member of the Firearms Radio Network. Lots of cool podcasts and other things going on over there. Check it out. I'm sure you'll find other stuff you like. That's uh, firearmsradio.net. Well, let's get Matt in the house. How are you, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. So you're not wet up to the ears. That's good. <laughs> yeah, we dodged a bullet for sure last week. So you guys were at, what, up at Ivy 8888 when that was going on? Yeah, we left Florida on Wednesday to get out of the hurricane, and we went up to uh, Georgia, and we ran through that event over the weekend. It was a great time. Fantastic turnout. I, don't, I say there had to be at least 500 people there. Um, it's kind of, it's an invite only type thing, but, uh, it's pretty interesting. I was talking to Eric and he said that YouTube actually had a representative there and we're, uh, trying to see what the scene was about and what we actually do in the two A community. So that was pretty cool. I was, uh, I was happy to hear that they were open to what we do and maybe that'll start lightening up some of the stuff a little bit and we can do some more. So that was pretty exciting. No one knew they were incognito, but still, uh, awesome that they sent somebody yeah uh i've been uh i've been trying to get them to make shot show for a while now a couple of years and i'm i'm slowly whittling on them i think that they can see the the community i think that they can see the, the sheer amount of industry right they would have at their disposal for advertising dollars if nothing else uh you know i think it would change their minds a little bit money tends to do that right <laughs> for sure and they one of the things he said, which was interesting, was they were uh, interested in, in how much inclusion we have across all different community bases and, and everyone. And I mean, mm -hmm. it, 
at the range, everyone's welcome always. And, you know, as long as you're safe and you're having a good time, you're okay with us. Um, so I think they probably found that interesting that there was not a lot of infighting or bad, you know, words. Or, right. I mean, just everybody's there to have a good time and enjoy firearms. So hopefully right. we represented ourselves well in the community. Well, like any, like any family, uh, we're a little bit dysfunctional, right? We have our squabbles <laughs> and our, you know, the nine millimeter, 10 millimeter, the 1911, uh, you know, whatever conversations, you know, those types of things. But at the end of the day, I think it's, it's two questions. Do you like firearms? And uh, now which firearm do you want to shoot? Right. That's the sure. two questions that we tend to ask. That's, that's pretty much it. That's all my standard things. answer for that is yes. And all of them. All of them. Correct. That is the correct answers in case anybody is taking notes. Absolutely is. So I want to give you a, uh, I want to give you a few minutes here and first talk about a little bit about you, your role with Live Free Armory, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to talk a little bit about your background and backstory, that's fine too. Yep. Uh, so I um, uh, recently came on board with Live Free Armory in August, uh, vice president of sales there. And, uh, I have been in the outdoor industry and firearms industry for an awful lot of years, uh, more than I care to remember, but uh, just shy of 40 years I've been doing this since I was a little kid in a family sporting goods store. Uh, we helped launch mechanical broadheads in the early 80s, and uh, I've been doing something in the outdoors ever since. So uh, I, I've loved the outdoors and wanted to make it my career, and, and I've been successful at doing that. And and staying in it. So I've worked for a couple of different gun manufacturers and uh, some firearms cleaning uh, companies, things like that. So uh, when the opportunity came up with Live Free and it's such an up and coming company and we're already way bigger than anybody expects uh, when they come see us that uh, it, it was just a fantastic opportunity and I couldn't pass it up. So making a transition from upstate New York um, by Fort Drum down oh, wow. to Melbourne, Florida is a little bit of a culture shock for me. My town's got 2,000 people in it currently, and Florida's probably over a million in that town. So it's a little different uh, than I'm used to, but uh, I will adapt and overcome. Right. Now, it's interesting. I'm going to chase the, the mechanical broadhead thing. Um, what was that like? Because there's still people today. I'm not a fan of mechanical broadheads. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have two ways of looking at it. I, mm -hmm. I was super thankful to be involved with that at being such a young age and understanding the, the path that you could go, whether it's fixed or mechanical. And, uh, the original head was called a punch cutter. Uh, it was 65 grains. We would put a 35 grain add on. If you want to get to hundred, we were the first store in the country that started bringing in beaming arrows from France and using inch and a half fletch to uh, to set up a three pack of those. And we were selling them for like $45 with the heads attached. And that was a big price tag for a lot of people. But once they started shooting it, uh, my dad had me do demos where he'd pop a balloon at a hundred with a hunting setup. Wow. And uh, he, you know, that sold hundreds of those sets for us. So it worked right. out well. Um, I, I'm a firm believer a lot of times uh, a mechanical, and a fixed head, if you put it in the right spot, it's going to do the job. You right. Know? And that's the thing is where you hit. And guys, I, I've literally been on a track. I'm actually a guide in New York. Um, I've been on a track of deer where a guy swears he hit it right in the pocket behind the shoulder and you come up on a dead deer uh, three hours later and, it, and it, it's right out of the hinds. 
So <laughs> it, it happens. Your mind tells you where you're hit, and the arrow actually shows you where you hit. So right. um, mechanicals over the tops do lose energy. Um, you know, extremely dangerous game or something. Yeah, you want to stick with a fixed because the less things that can go wrong, the better for you. But uh, right. as far as deer hunting and, and anything that size critter, uh, mechanicals are fantastic. Um, right. I, I'm currently using a hybrid. I'm sponsored by Zeus Broadheads. Um, they're out of New Jersey, and I've, I've had no problem that blades actually float. So when they hit bone, they kind of retract a little bit and get past and then open up again. So it's oh, nice. Um, yeah. It's kind of the best of both worlds. And, uh, you know, there's a million broadheads out there. The biggest thing is practicing with your hunting setup. You know, yep. you got to practice, practice, practice. It's just like firearms. I mean, the gun you know you have to practice with them even though the, the ballistics tell you what they are and everything else you still got to practice right let's uh let's shift gears and, and talk a little bit about live free armory tell us because for me other than some mutual acquaintances that we have and a few of them are out there in mm -hmm. the live chat it looks like um that's and what i've read watched that's about the extent of my experience with live free armory as far as the company and of course we want to talk about some products a little later on as well but as far as the company goes give us a little backstory on uh where it come from and and what you guys do yeah so uh it's about six or seven years they've been making parts for a lot of other big players in the industry that's what i heard um, so slides specifically was their really big big product line and, and it sold to a lot of different people and then got into some other gun parts um, throughout the years. And in the last year has uh, been a concerted effort to really start selling our own brand and do a gun lineup in our brand, as well as continuing that OEM work and, and mm -hmm. sell to other manufacturers, uh, dealers, whoever wants to, you know, have their own product line or something. We accommodate those requests also. Uh, so people are surprised when they see, I mentioned before the size of our shop, we're about 60,000 square feet, Whoa. We've got a little over a hundred CNC machines. Um, we've got the EDM wire machines, CMM measurement machines. Uh, we're currently putting in a barrel cell for AR 10 and AR 15 barrels. We should be able to cut about 500 a day. Whoa. Um, yeah. When it comes to that, uh, we're already doing our, our pistol barrels in house. Um, so we do SIG barrels and Glock barrels. And then for our, our pistol line also, um, a little over a hundred people. Um, we run 24 seven, uh, basically we have three shifts that run all week and into the weekend. So, uh, we're, uh, I would say a large organization, uh, when it comes to firearms and building and, and parts. Um, but a lot of people just don't know our name yet. And, Odds are, if they're a collector or have a lot of firearms, you probably already have our parts and don't know it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, that's the case a lot of a lot of times. Quite honestly, it's like the uh, you're the underdogs, right? <laughs> you don't, yeah. It you just, actually get the credit. It, I mean, we, it, it's a funny, it's an inside joke as we're at shows, and Ivy was a perfect example. We were sitting on tailgate talking to some guys, and you know, everybody's showing their carry piece or what you know this and that. And I was up there with, with our head engineer uh, and he's looking at it. He's like, yep, that slide's mine. That one's not, <laughs> that one is, that one is. And it was more than 
I would say more than half of the guns were, were our slide, at least design. If it wasn't our, our aftermarket slide, it was our design. So right, uh, it's pretty funny when, when that happens. Wow. And so did, did, did that start? I mean, did somebody just wake up one day and decide I want to start making gun parts or. Yeah. So our current owner, um, Colby started uh, with a partner in this business and they were doing it out of their garage and they've made several moves from a garage to a 10,000 square foot facility to a 20,000 square foot facility to a 60,000 square foot. And Colby has since bought the whole business. Um, his vision is to be one of the biggest gun manufacturers in the country. And he grew up in New Hampshire. So thus the live free armory, uh, live free state. And, uh, you know, he, he is a, a phenomenal designer and engineer himself. Um, you know, he was, was trained in college for it. He's gone abroad and studied. Um, so he grew up in a machine shop, much like I grew up in a, in a sporting goods store. He grew up in a machine oh, okay. shop making parts. Um, so he's been doing it since a, a very young age. Um, we're a family business. Um, he's got his family in there working also. So it's a, it's a tight knit crew. And, uh, you know, we, we work hard and then, uh, hopefully there's chances when we play hard together too. So it's, it's a nice mix and it's, it's always awesome to, uh, create something new and have people enjoy it and like it. It's very rewarding. Yeah. I always like to hear the stories where it's like, Hey, we started in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. He literally did. I mean, they started this in a garage with, with one machine and it's just steadily grown. You know, I mean, you're talking 100 CNC machines. We all know those things aren't cheap. Yeah, so there's all. a huge investment there. And, you know, coming on board with him, I've got experience with international sales and, and different avenues that we can get into. And now we're just starting to scratch the surface with those, um, which is very exciting, too. We're going to be international here pretty quick. And uh, that's exciting also. What's well, as far as the regulatory BS from staying within the u.s and then branching out international that's got to be a nightmare right uh, i mean there's forms obviously there's forms to fill out it's not as bad as everybody thinks okay um, there's literally like two or three forms and you've got to wait for the government to give you the okay for the export permits um and we try to use like a freight forwarder to cut down some of the paperwork because they they handle a lot of that um but it, it's not really as bad as, as everybody thinks that getting the connections over there and, and weaving your way through the political side of it. Uh, once you're in those countries is a little more difficult, but as far as the export, um, there's some things, there's numbers of sales dollars wise that you can't go over or it's actually an act of Congress to allow you to send that many of any particular gun over. So wow. okay. those things you have to watch and you just try to be under the radar, you know, uh, Look at the bankings when it used to be, I think it was what, 10 grand before anybody right. red flagged you. And now it's supposed to be $600. Right. I, guess, right. I guess in the current, you know, political realm, 600 is equal to 10,000 or so. I don't know how it works, but uh, I don't think many of us have 600 to even throw around anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I was having that conversation earlier. Like, uh, you know, somebody was telling me they were hurting and I said, uh, preach. I'm like, I, you know, I'm hurting everybody I know you know, from companies to, you know, whoever it might be. It's like, we've, we've all got the screws put to us. Um, 
we got uh, Chris with the 740 out there. Thanks, bro. He became a channel member. So appreciate that, man. Awesome. Um, I'm going to take a break real quick and uh, come back. We're going to talk a little about the products. I want to get into that for sure. Uh, but uh, first, let's uh, talk a little bit about Trailblazer Firearms. Yep, you knew it was coming. You knew I was going to throw this in there. Uh, and I just actually got through showing off my live card about 15 minutes before this live stream started. I had one of my uncles come over and I'm like, hey, I got something cool I got to show you. And of course, he was excited by it. He's like, oh, where'd you get that? How much are they? Um, and it is. If you haven't seen the live card, uh, innovation to the max. It is super cool. Now, whether or not you think it's a viable option for self-defense, hey, you got to make that decision for yourself. But it is a credit card sized 22 that flips and folds up. You can get them in 22 long rifle. You can get them in 22 magnum. They're made here in the United States. Uh, and also, if you jump over on uh, Trailblazer and pull the trigger on that lifeguard, use Clover Tack, you can save 10%. Uh, also, be looking for, I haven't heard any updates lately, which I'm a little bit nervous about, but I haven't heard about the Trailbla the Trailblazer Pivot, which is the little 9mm carbine that flips and folds and slides and does all kinds of cool things to make it a much smaller package uh, during transport. But hopefully they get that out in the commercial market uh, soon. So, yeah, go check them out, Trailblazer Firearms. And let's get uh, Matt back in here. So... You guys were lift free armory by you guys, of course, but um, mm -hmm. you were doing all the parts. What led to the decision? Like we're doing these parts. Why don't we just do the whole thing? Like what was the catalyst for that? Do you know? Uh, so parts are a volume play and your margins are very thin on parts. It's how many you can produce really more so than the overall margin. And we saw people doing so well with our parts. And then, you know, as a normal markup on a firearm, they're pretty good margins. And so to expand the business and we just said, we'll make basically two, two avenues, whether we're doing triggers or slides or things like that now, um, or we have the full rifle line and, and our handgun line. So uh, that that was really the the thought process behind that, and, and to also build our name. I mean, we're we're making them and True. we're doing all the work, um, you know. And we do want to be that household name at at some point. Um, so we got to start somewhere with that. Yeah, if you're going to put your name on it, it's kind of hard to do that when you're you're doing OEM production, right? Right. Yep, for sure. And you know, it for us. Uh, we can tell by the design when we see them, but you know, to, to the layperson, it's it's a cut slide, a cut slide, and you right. know, there's a lot of innovation that goes into that stuff, and you know, it's uh, it's nice to be able to recognized for it. So that was you know another one of the reasons. Uh -huh. Now the did the rifles come out first, the handguns, or vice versa, or did y'all start doing that at the same time? Yeah, the rifles came out first, and it was literally okay. doing everything in house. Uh, you know, Colby would come in and do Cerakote in the morning before the shop opened and then uh, sometimes have to run to a store and get parts to to build a rifle. And then, you know, midday, somebody else would probably package and ship it out while they were working on the CNC and cutting new parts or doing things. So the rifle line definitely came first. And then uh, last year, right around Chacho, 
uh, they introduced the handgun. So there's the amp and the amp X. The okay. amp is the 15 rounders, and then the amp X is the 17. So it's the extended grip on that. It's a modular grip uh, system, and then it has an FCU in it, which is your serialized part. So you can change over and then your slide. Um, and it's basically a, a Gen 3 Glock clone. Right. Um, the grip angle is changed a little bit. It's more like a 1911. Um, so when you bring up your red dot, it's uh, you, you see it a little bit quicker on there, and it, and it helps with that. Right. Now, with, uh, with the, the rifles, do you know what year that, that kicked off? Uh, so I think it was seven years ago is when they officially started. Um, okay. So, so post, okay. Yeah. Somewhere. So in there. right at the, right at the tail end of the craziness from 2013 then. So yeah. Yep. In, like. in that, yep. In that time frame there. And it was the, the company that was, that was a big explosion with AR stuff after that, for sure. I think they went from like literally 60 AR companies, maybe in the U S to 180 overnight. <laughs> Right, it, it, like everybody with a power source in their garage turned into an AR builder, mm-hmm. and you know you always say to yourself, "Are you? Do you just put <laughs> furniture on a gun and build it, or are you actually like cutting material, get a piece of billet as a square, and put it in a machine and cut that and design the program so it actually becomes a firearm? It's a mm-hmm. little different. I mean, I change the oil on my truck, but I'm not a car maker. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, or necessarily even a mechanic, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like saying eh, I can wash my car, so I'm a mechanic. Eh, yeah, not really. No. <laughs> um, so with you know, you mentioned, of course, and everybody knows, you know, all the different companies. You know, you've been asked this before, I'm sure, and I'm going to ask it again. But what would set the Liffrey Armory AR-15 in your mind apart from some of the other ones? Let's say within the same price range, right? Well. I mean, right out of the gate, if you're going to mention price range, uh, being a USA-made rifle uh, at the price point that we come in at for like our 308s, AR-10s, mm-hmm. um, our base model AR-10 retails at 949 Not many people can be sub $1,000 for an AR-10. Um, right. And then you have the quality and the design that goes with it. You know, our lifetime warranty goes with our Eagle. So if you sell that gun or somebody else is getting a warranty with it, not a lot of companies do that either. Yeah. And it all be all being done under the same roof, I think, because obviously being the OEM, OEM uh, part suppliers that you are, I mean, you understand that dynamic. I mean, people will buy a name brand and quite often, obviously it can happen with a, with a knockoff brand, but even with a name brand, they buy that and they don't realize that maybe two or three parts maybe were built in a plant that's owned by that company. Right. Yeah. A lot of gun manufacturers are not true manufacturers and they're assemblers. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) You know, or they get other people to assemble it and they just put their name on it. True. Um, So yeah, we, we definitely make our parts, uh, aside from furniture, we don't do stocks, um, and grips yet magazines. A lot of the other parts we we do ourselves, and you know you've got some sh- springs and detents and things like that. Where it just doesn't pay to make those things. We can get right. them, you know, brought yeah. in and and they're readily accessible. But anything everybody of says that. Yep. Yeah. 
Everybody says that about about screw uh, detents. Some screws, detents, and and springs. They're like, yeah, yep. we farm that out. Yep. <laughs> so, like, you know, you just bring them in, and you literally could go to places and just grab them off the shelf, and and you're good to go. So right. The important right. parts we we make and control our own destiny. We kind of call it. Um, but the other parts we we just go with. Um, and we always look to to make those other parts also that we don't do. We, we have initiatives to try to get new machines in, new processes and new tools that we can make those also. Mm -hmm. Now, on the furniture side, you said yet. So is that something that's being considered? <laughs> that's a Freudian slip. Uh, um, uh -huh. you, you never know. You never right. know. Um, right. There's some pretty cool stuff out there. Um, you know, we're really strong with aluminum. So. Uh -huh. uh, maybe stocks, maybe grips. I don't, I mean, there's just, okay. So you're talking about, you're talking about more non polymer, non plastic route than possible. Yeah. 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 I mean, injection molders take up a lot of space and it's kind That's of, why I asked. yeah, <laughs> it, it is a folk. I mean, we have space, right? We, yeah. we have two plants. Um, we can do it. It's just the, the bang for the buck is the juice worse than squeeze. We'll right. lower our cost eventually, but what's that learning time frame look like? How long will that machine go before it actually starts producing and, and, and we're returning a profit off it? And also right. you've got to get the right people to run it. Um, uh -huh. Fortunately, where we are on the Space Coast, uh, we have a really a lot of talented engineers and guys that started in the aerospace industry or we've got Harris down the road and you know, there's several other big manufacturers of, you know, highly technical parts and, and, and we can, you know, recruit from some of those places um, and, and use their talents. So uh, precision, you know, work and what we do um, is, is their forte. So uh, we, we can make anything, but injection molding is kind of a, an art form. You got to just know the humidity, right? And you put it in yep. there in the dry time and dwell time, the the mold can't stay closed too long because then it jams in there and locks up or too short. And now you got parts that bend when they hit out. So it is, there's a lot to it. Well, I think it, it plays into as well. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? If you're talking about standard, you know, standard components, right? I mean, we look at, at the bigger companies, look at, let's say Magpul, for example, sure. or, you yep. know, some of those, um, that's all industry standard type stuff, right? Yep. And so are you planning on doing something completely out of the box and different? If you are, then having that in-house might be, might be a way to go. But, yep. you know, if, if the market isn't really asking for that or looking for that, or you don't have engineers and people that are thinking outside the box that go, Hey, this is a cool new design for a grip and a handguard. And we don't want to let anybody else get their hands on it. Well then uh, stick with what's work, what works, I guess. Right. Yep. And, and we can, we're of the mindset, we can always basically cut metal to make anything and the design, we can do it that way. And then if we feel like we want to drive price point down farther, um, you know, we're very conscious of the economy and, and what people can afford and, you know, what's fair and reasonable pricing throughout the market. Uh, we don't look to gouge people. We want everyone to be able to enjoy firearms and, that meaning our price points, uh, we feel because we control the cost internally, we, we make a fair price product. And right. we, we know that the quality is there because we're inspecting our parts all the way through the process. We have 
the largest CMM machine in the state of Florida. Uh, it's got like a 12 foot granite bed that goes across and it was made for the aerospace industry. Wow. So a lot of gun companies don't have that kind of stuff and, and the people to be able to run it. So, so, so are you saying you can build us rockets if that's what we want? That's what I hear you saying. I, I know I, I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny Elon stopping by and asking us, but I'm sure if he did, <laughs> we would be able to build something for him and, and space force. I mean, let's, mm -hmm. let's be honest. NASA's right there. If they got a mission to go on, maybe they stop in and, and pick up some rifles from us. I don't know what they're currently using. There you go. Uh, I don't either. <laughs> Uh, probably a plasma rifle. Probably a plasma rifle in the forty watt range. I would think <laughs> that's probably what they need. Are, are but, you uh, sure it's not the ten millimeter watt range? Oh well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, the ten millimeter would be awesome, no doubt. Uh, I think that's a wider band of frequency. I don't know. I'm just uh, talking out my butt at this point. <laughs> we've got a uh, we've got a couple questions, and as far as G Web's question out there, I'm going to save that. Uh, if you're listening, G, for a little bit later on. But uh, she fire, fires was out there, and she's down there in Florida. So as I see, uh, Liffery Armory is in Florida. Do they get out to any of the shows? I haven't made it to Orlando yet, but plan to at some point. So I'll let uh, I'll let Matt talk about that. He talked about it a little bit earlier, but you guys yep. make all the shows. <laughs> we, we try to get to a lot of dealers um, in a lot of the shows. Um, Fortunately, I don't have a 300-person sales staff, um, so it, it is is difficult. We have to pick and choose. Um, but I would say, you know, if if you have a local dealer that you like to use, um, have them contact us. We'll get them set up as a dealer. We do some pretty neat programs with them. You know, they can get the guns in. Uh, you can look at them, and if you want, you go ahead and buy it. If not. I, we'll we'll take them back in. Uh, I haven't had to take really many back in ever. So uh, once people put it in their hands and shoot it, they generally will buy it. Um, so it just depends on where you're at. Um, I we are going to have some live free armory days at ranges starting probably next year. Um, nice. Certain places that will hit. It'll start locally to us uh, in Melbourne, and then uh, we'll, we'll branch that out. Of course, all the major shows, the NRA show, which is an end user, the USCCA down in uh, Fort Worth next month, um, SHOT Show, all of those, Range Day there. Um, you know, we hit all those major shows also. So you will be at Ministry Day at the Range? Oh, yeah, for sure. Nice. Yep. Very nice. Yep. Uh, you know, I hate to say it. I've skipped over you guys. I, why? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I... I think it's because of snob. He's out there in the chat. So I'm going to blame him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think everybody does. Um, for snob specifically, <laughs> I think the help would be if he brought some steaks to media day and we started cooking on the side of the range, we would get true. more people. So and he could do that. He could do that. Yeah, it, he's tough one to pin down for it though. He might tell you he's going to bring them, but eh, it doesn't always happen. I will tell you this, he brought, we did a backyard barbecue in Indy. What was that? 19? I don't remember. Whenever NRA, whenever the NRA was in Indy. Um, and he brought the, the beef, the ground beef for that. Like mm. fresh brown. Oh my God. I, I, uh, I've heard the good. stories. It's legendary. And it was good. I, I just haven't got the sample yet. He did get <laughs> down there with us and catch some mahi and they shot some pigs and stuff. So. Nice. Yeah, I'm waiting nice. on the steak. Right. 
Now, what is the uh, getting off on a tangent here? We we do got to talk about the uh, about the amp, and, and well, we got time. We'll get to that. Yep. But talking about the uh, pigs, so yeah, you did. Um, you guys, I've heard the stories. Uh, a few of the uh, guys, including Snob, went down there, had some fun, and 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 was able to shoot some pigs in the face, which yeah. I always approve of. But what's the what's the pig situation like in Florida? Uh. I mean, if you're driving, it's probably going to be first thing in the morning. You'll see some maybe out and right before dark or at night. During midday, it's still so warm. You right. really won't see them. If they're in the wallers or, you know, in the swamp itself, at that particular place, uh, Obi and Sarge and those guys went, um, they used a swamp buggy. It's like a uh, a Bigfoot truck type thing on, you know, and I, I kind of equate it to a pontoon boat with wheels. Right. And they're just all up on that. And you've got your shooters up front on the chairs and they're just driving through the swamp and, and, and sighting, you know, pigs running from one spot to another. So right. uh, where we are, they're there. Um, it's not overran of them, but they are there. And I think that okay. most of the people do a pretty good job keeping the population numbers down. Gotcha. So it's not a it's not a situation where you see them tearing up yards and residential neighborhoods and things of that nature. I think occasionally they do get in there, um, you know, bird feeders, things like that. If people are dropping seed by accident, they'll get in there and start rooting up the ground and, and doing that. But overall, right. it's not like it's they're terrorizing neighborhoods. There's some places in the U.S. where they're just really bad. Okay. Um, yeah, it's that way here. I mean, you're talking towns with, you know, 5,000 people to maybe 20,000 people, you know, and they'll they'll run across the the residential streets you know what i mean uh it's it's insane and they're solid critter you don't want to hit them they don't they don't just fold <laughs> up <laughs> no they do a they lot don't. of damage they don't i remember um it was the first year that i went to the largest gun show in the world want to make her tulsa arm show and i headed out about five o'clock in the morning uh i was just gonna drive straight through that day rather than staying over and I got about three miles from here, and I seen them coming up out of the coming up out of the ditch far enough ahead. I at least got slowed down, mm. and I was probably going maybe twenty miles an hour. And I hit the very last one. There was a big one in front. There was fifteen thousand piglets in between, <laughs> and there was a big one at the rear. And I clipped the the one in the rear. Um, and so of course it was just a thunk. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I got, I got pulled over and the deer was, I mean, the deer, the, the pig was, was gone. It wasn't laying or anything like that. I get into Tulsa and I notice my front license plate is missing. Oh, geez. So I'm thinking, okay, when I go back through, it's in the ditch, whatever it's something. I never did find my license plate. I swear the license plate is stuck in that pig somewhere. I don't doubt it. Probably wearing it like a necklace. <laughs> Stole it. It's, a, it's bling, bling, bling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Who was the yeah. Who was the rapper that wore the clock? Flavor Flav, uh, I think. Uh, Flavor Flav. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so yep. we got we got the Flavor Flav pig out there. So that's, <laughs> man, um, got so far off track. I don't even know what to do. But yeah, we got to talk about the we got to talk about the amp. So we did get uh, New World Media out there that said, "What guns are in the thumbnail? Anyone?" And, uh, yeah, that would be the amp. Yep. So, uh, you guys got the, the ARs rolling, of course. And then yep. 
started with the amp. And I don't feel so bad. You said like last year, it's been a little over a year or something. So I don't feel so bad about uh, being so ignorant about the amp. But when you, guys, when you guys set out to do the amp, what was the idea behind that? Did you set out to do something different or something better? Or what was for, the mindset of that? For the company itself, it was to design a firearm from the ground up completely ours uh patentable components that we knew we designed and work through that process um as we move forward in not just making firearms that are already designed but doing our our own true design uh that was that was the thought process in that and okay. we have competitive shooters on staff and guys that say you know i always just wanted this a little bit different and Everybody right. liked the idea of a completely metal frame on that gun. Um, it has a different push in your hand. It, it's just, uh, uh, I would say it feels more like a 1911, even though it's it's not as heavy. And, you know, it has some comparisons to it right. more than, than a polymer frame, for sure. Uh, right. The difference in it. And, and the grip angle makes, you know, people seem to like the way that it comes up. And I know myself, I have a hard time looking for the red dot sometimes on my other pistols and, that one just seems to help a little bit with it. Well, yeah. that's the that's the number one complaint I hear about Glock is I don't like the grip angle. So either mm -hmm. they don't know what they're talking about or there's some truth to that. And it may be yeah. a combination of both. I, I think it's more the the both. A lot of people hear that and they use it for an excuse. I'm right <laughs> up front with it. I, I have a hard time finding red dot anywhere. I'm half colorblind, so it's, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's always a difficult thing for me. But once I do find it, then, you know, hopefully something good happens when I pull the trigger. Well, I was under the assumption, so I've, I've learned something now, because I was under the assumption, so I'm sure a lot of other people are, that the amp was just another Gucci Glock. So it's not. No, nope. Nope, for sure. I mean, it's got a thought press behind it. Uh, of course, we used our slide technology that we incorporate with all our aftermarket slides that go on Glocks, that go mm -hmm. on SIGs. Sure. side cuts the different things that we do um and then incorporated that into you know the amp or the amp x which uh you know has proven people do like the the bigger frame um the extra couple shots that you get out of it uh right it seems to be a little bit more popular so that's kind of a learning curve for us too right well let's walk let's walk through the models how many different models of the amps are there uh, it's just amp X and amp. So there's just okay. two models. Okay. Yep. Um, so let's start with what's the difference between the two, the grip length. The, so the grip modular, and we had to learn that, but uh, it's not a frame because when you talk to the ATF grip. about frames, it's a grip <laughs> modular. Yep. Right. It's so, a grip module. Gotcha. Uh, there gotcha. is no serial number uh, on the grip. It is on the FCU. So gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. It's it, basically it's between a 15 and a 17 round, and the grip is a little bit longer on, on the one. So okay. That's really, the you know uh, future state. Maybe we'll do an everyday carry one. Uh, something smaller. We we've got ideas on the board. We just. You know, we have a product roadmap, but it's picking the right product at the right time to, to do it. Oh, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and we're coming out of, uh, you know, all of the supply chain and everything else with the pandemic that's been, you know, absolutely crazy. Um, it was, so it was, it was a oh, big I, spike yeah. in the industry. And uh -huh. then uh, through the last 
eight months, it's it's slowed dramatically. Um, I've spoken to distributors that have not seen it this slow in a while. And just uh-huh. now through fall, we're starting to get a little bit of uptick. And it does take a while because you've got dealers that are stocked, distributors that are stocked. So you have to funnel that that product line out right. to get them to reorder and start pumping in. And we're just getting to that point now where we're starting to load up distributors again. Yeah. Well, I think it's a combination. I mean, things tend to pick up, I think, naturally moving into the, the fall and winter months, right? Leading up to, to SHOT Show, as we yeah. always say. And, and then, um And then the election. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to hit on. So I think that's that's helped a little bit. But with you guys being OEM man- manufacturers and, you know, working, you know, having to supply and, and do work for so many other places, the supplies, the raw materials, the things like that, what kind of trouble did you guys see over the couple of years that that was wonky? Fortunately for us, we use the most steel of pretty much anybody in the state of Florida. So okay. we have a really healthy supply. <laughs> right. um, to put in perspective, I mean, I can give you, we do over 5,000 slides a week. Um, right. You know, our, and that's OEM work. So mm-hmm. uh, we use a lot of steel, <laughs> a lot of steel. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. aluminum, but when when you rank really high in some of these uh, supply companies on their list, they tend yep. to find materials for you even in the in the tough times and help you out as much as they can. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that from from other people. Uh, same yep. way with uh, you know wholesalers and and a lot of different things like that. Uh, if yep. you're if you're a good customer, they try to take care of you. <laughs> they yeah. certainly don't want to lose you. They have to. I mean, that's just the the, the nature of the beast, but. You, you might not be able to fill a complete order for somebody, but you're going to get them what they absolutely need. And that's the relationship with those people. They'll, they don't feel bad calling you and saying, hey, I can't do this. What's the best thing for your business right now? What do you need the most? And give them a list and they're going to help you out. And, right. and we try to do the same thing with, you know, with, with our customers. Um, you know, if we have an issue, we're not afraid to get on the phone and say, hey, this is what's going on. I, I always have a customer that says, if you're honest with us, and tell us what your lead time is actually going to be, and you stick to that, you're fantastic. When the people start lying to them is when they get mad. And so we make it a policy not to do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, most people can can deal with it, I mean, if they're prepared for, for something. Uh, even though we do live in this instant gratification society, so there are a certain amount of people, if you talk any lead time, <laughs> if it's not available to ship yesterday, they're like, yep. oh, I'm going somewhere else. It's like The okay, Amazon well. effect. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have rifles and drones that they can drop off to your porch in 12 hours. <laughs> I watched. So I watched it. So I watched the video the other day, right? Since you mentioned this and it was about colonizing Mars and it was a, it went through a timeline. It was pretty awesome, but it was based off of some stuff Elon Musk has said and, and been doing and, and other stuff. And it's, it's science fiction and just trying sure. to apply, trying to apply a timeline as best somebody could. Right. And so, you know, you get people there and you start these transports back and forth and everything else. And I forgot what year it was. But it was like in the year 2080, Amazon would have revolving factories or in orbit around Mars that could do next day delivery for the people on Mars. And I'm like, OK, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all got to have goals, right? <laughs> right why not um, so we've got uh drusiver out there 
Uh, pretty good time. It says, I was just looking at the live free slide for a P320. So, yep. So, there you, there you go. We've got the elite slides. Um, so, basically, you have a couple different between Glock and SIG, too. We've got elites, combats, chamfered slides, OEM slides. So, it depends on how fancy or how many cuts to lighten it up. What do you want to do? What are you personally looking to do? A lot of people just like the looks of cut slides. They don't actually have a functional reason why they want it. Other right. people, there is a functional reason. They're going to put uh, an RMR on there or whatever you know red dot they're using. So they're thinking if they lighten up the slide a little bit with cuts, they're adding a sight back on. They're still within the OEM spec, and they run it that way. So it right. really just depends on what you're looking for and, and how outside the box and uh, what you want to do. And, and gives us different price points too. So, you know, if you just don't want that, that regular manufacturer slide, you have some options you can get. And, uh, you know, the cut slides just overtook the whole market. Everybody wants, uh, you know, a cut slide now. So. Right. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up because about, you know, actually having a function, because I think the vast majority of people out there are under the impression it's just a looks thing. Um, and not no. necessarily. No, no, for <laughs> sure. I mean, it, it's a window. It's around the barrel. It's going to dissipate heat quicker. Mm -hmm. um, so not the same way as an AR with, you know, uh, a handguard around it, but it'll still get warm. And, you know, so it right. still dissipates a little bit. Uh, it, those kind of things. But the weight really of that slide moving back and forth is the, is the big, the big function of it. Mm -hmm. So um, snob out there says uh, Matt should mention. That they use all American metals too. Yep. yep. Um, how how in the world do you manage that? <laughs> I didn't even know there was such a thing anymore at this point. Yeah. So going back to that largest customer in the wow. state, um, we can pull some weight, and they do have foundries that pour metal in the states. So mm -hmm. uh, we we draw from that. You know, we say we're American-made products, so we might as well use American-made you know, steels and aluminums and things like that. So, right. We, we, you know, we try to source it the best we can from here. In all honesty, what's the, what's the, since you, you deal with that, I'm just curious, uh, not an exact dollar amount, but using American steel versus Chinese steel or Pakistan or wherever from a foreign company, yep. what is the, the price differential? Because you got to think once you have it freighted over and all, right. Or, or a normal a layman would think that. Yep. It, it, so shipping is a component of it, but unfortunately it's labor cost in, in the foundries uh, and stuff here versus overseas. and Probably you know, union here too, right? It, correct. Those so situations. It's, you know, $3 an hour overseas for, you know, and for somebody here, it might be $35 an hour or more. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So there is a difference there. Um, the way we look at it is... I, if I don't support American companies that are buying our firearms mm -hmm. and their employees are being employed because I'm buying that steel, they will be able to go out and afford to buy my gun. So right. the way that we look at right. it, the Henry Ford model is exactly what it is. He yeah. built cars so his employees could afford the cars and that's what they wanted. Well, I lost my train of thought there. There was, there was, oh, what I was going to say, when you say $3 versus $33 an hour, 
that's a huge difference. Yep. And so automatically you would think, oh, well, you could sell that, whatever it is, so much cheaper if you used that cheaper steel. Yep. But it doesn't actually translate right like that, right? No, I mean, you still have the processes you have to do. And if you were bringing in parts that were done and assembling them, yeah, there you could do some things that are that are a little mm -hmm. cheaper, um, but you're not controlling quality. You're not controlling anything with it other than right. putting the guns together. So yeah. we've got it figured out. We can compete with foreign-made products coming in and keep our pricing equivalent. Um, to say we've got a we have our battle rifle, um, the 949. Between now and Shot Show, we'll have another rifle, a 556. That'll be in the 650 range. Um, and wow. that's still American made. And I mean, it's wow. it's a it's a very value-based line as far as those. Now we do have a precision rifle that runs two grand. It's got a it's got a match grade <laughs> barrel on it, right. it's got a match right. trigger, it's a it's a matched upper and lower set. I mean, we, we do make some stuff that that is on the higher end of the spectrum too. Um, so we try to give something for everybody, uh, you know, the good, better, best. Um, right. And, and what you can do if, you know, if you spend all your money on your gun, and you can't afford ammo. That's no good either. So everybody's got to have that happy point where they can do both and be able to enjoy the the, the weapon. Yeah, no, this is true. Uh, One Love Design out there says uh, I have two of the Lippery Armory slides and they're fire. Awesome. We so. appreciate that. We love hearing it. Uh, we love when people send us, you know, on Facebook or whatever, the pictures are using the products and everything. It's it's awesome. It gives everybody a little bit of sense of pride in the shop when they can see that people are actually in the field enjoying it and, and using them out there. So uh, we always appreciate that kind of stuff and comments. Right. So, um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, you started this off in a really good way. You said that uh, Kobe. It's gone downhill since. <laughs> well, not really, but we, we've kind of come full circle, I think, back to sure. this. And, I, and I'm not bright enough that I did it intentionally, but I'll take credit for it. Um, but, you know, you said that, you know, the, the goal was to, you know, become the firearm manufacturer in the country. Yep. Um, so that plays into a couple of questions we got. I've been saving them, but um, G-Web's out there says, what does the next five years look like for Live Free Armory? What about the next 10? Bright, super bright. Uh, it will become a household name. Um, I, I will say... I can't say the five-year plan right now out loud, but in the right. next, between right. now and SHOT Show, uh, without saying too much, we will have a nine mil carbine coming out very shortly uh, for that market. And we're working a huge on market. having a platform for other firearms lines, whether it's bolt action or, uh, ideas of of different shotguns things like that we we're going to get into everything and just grow this company um you know it when you go into the premier box stores what uh -huh. we will be there on the middle of the shelf right so there's nothing what you're saying is as far as any design rifle pistol shotgun revolver semi-auto bolt action single shot lever action like nothing's off the table for you guys yeah, I mean, we've <laughs> we've already been approached about some overseas military projects. Um, nice. We'll probably start doing some of that, some of the bigger calibers. Um, 
we've got a pretty good talent pool pool um, of people around the world that we're working with now. So uh, we have a ton of opportunity and it's, you know, one project will roll to the next and we'll roll to the next and we'll just steadily grow. Um, you know, we're literally year over year, we've been averaging for the last two years, like a 25% growth year over year. Wow. Um, you know, That's and in a nice. down economy this year, we're probably going to succeed over that again. So, um, you know, we're just, we're, I think we're very fair to our customers and our pricing and with our quality, we stand up against anybody. Um, and being that a lot of stuff we design, how can we not be more qualified to do that? So, right. yeah, no, exactly. I think so. Um, I think it's that it's that eye for detail. It's things like the quality of the materials. It's the things like the quality, you know, you didn't even speak to you speak at the, you know, the dollar amount of the machinery, how much machinery you've got, but uh, the dollar amount of the machinery, I'm sure speaks to the quality of the machinery that you guys run, the tooling that you guys use, all of those little things, they add up in the end. Yeah. You don't build a, you know, an AR-15 using a Dremel tool and a DeWalt uh, cordless driver and C-clamp that to a bench and try to do everything. You have to buy machinery that holds its tolerances and spec ranges and then you work off of that you know well you know i think you could do that but uh you wouldn't be in business long if you tried yeah. to make a business out of it somebody's <laughs> tried it i'm sure yeah yeah you uh, know with our parts we do 80 percenters and other things like that so i'm sure some of our customers have have tried to do some pretty crazy stuff with it right snob out there saying uh patiently waiting for a rifle that is not semi-automatic so mm. he is uh yeah giving you the blues out there uh defense dad had a specific question on the amp here it says any future plans to make the amp more ambi for us that are left-handed so the wrong hand there uh yeah so i will say i actually had a meeting yesterday and uh that was a topic of the meeting was doing that so uh if it if everything that we're thinking when this is strictly in in you know phase we might have something that can do that you know lefties like ambi i don't like i don't like ambi um that's for right handed it's that, just an extra place for you to drop a mag by accident yeah, or or it's the grip doesn't feel right because you know if you're talking about something with a safety or something, mm -hmm. you know if you're mm -hmm. riding high in the in the cut there, you know it's just it's weird on that on that finger. It's just it's it's weird. I don't I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I want mine right-handed and right-handed only. I'm sorry, uh, defense dad out there, but uh, <laughs> I I was the same way, and then. Uh... One of the German manufacturers, I have a few of their pistols, and they've got the the paddle uh, mag release on their. I like the paddle. I do too. I like a it a lot. A lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of um, people like that. It, and I've had a lot of women talk about you know with Glocks and things like that, where it's it's hard for them to to get the button. Their thumb's not long enough to to reach out. Um, I've you know whenever training or something, I'll even reach over the slide and use that as a lever. So just hold your thumb out and toggle it on and that drops it. And it's pretty easy to do. Um, if you have smaller hands and you can't, you know, reach that, that mag release. So 
yeah, there's definitely room for it. Um, it's all what people get used to, I think, is, is a lot of it. Right. Yeah, I think so. Chris from 740 out there says he's all in for the Ambi amp. He's right. He's wrong handed, too. So <laughs> I think the hard thing with the Ambi amp would be also making the rifle and it goes the opposite direction to account for the Coriolis effect in the world with left handed people shooting. And stuff, oh, so. left handed ejection. Go all out, man. <laughs> if you're going to do left hand, like go all out. Like just put it in CAD and then re- reverse it, mirror everything it. backwards. It's like yep. everything. Put the front sights on the back and the back sights on the front. Why not? I mean, just, just, yep. just jack it all up. <laughs> we have tinkered with the sights in front of the optic on the and back and forth with that. Some people are running them that way now, and uh, man, it's like a 50 50 the way people want it. It's kind of it's interesting. Right, and I don't know if it'll be a little bit of time, and everybody will go back to the old way or what. But it's, it kind of makes sense, really. Yeah, uh, Big Tony out there, Big Tony Simon. He says, uh, "I like to paddle magazine release that I have issues with a thumb reaching mag releases without changing hand position." You know, I've always changed position though. I I can't in my grip. Just it's just natural to me to do that, yeah. right? to come yep. off of it but i guess if you're trying not to come off of it at all uh i'm trying to think in in what position that's very likely i don't i don't think maybe if you're running competition maybe christmas 740 would know that he shoots a lot of competition um but i don't know self-defense situation and you're having to change a mag anyway uh that's probably a pretty hairy situation so yeah <laughs> yeah for sure the G webs he says you can just put weights on your fingers and they'll stretch as you walk so that's uh that's what i hear well uh um i don't condone that that's what i hear uh we are not giving medical advice on this chat um but we are we are up against the top of the hour so i want to give you a, a couple of minutes matt um if there's anything we missed did we miss anything i guess let's ask that first Anything new um, coming down the line? Anything important that we missed we need to talk about? Uh, so, and Snob and the guys at, at the IV show did see uh, we have an internally compensated slide coming out here very shortly. Oh, wow. Um, so we kind of jumped the gun and showed it off a little bit, and, and people were freaking out for it. So that will be here very, very shortly before the end of the month. Um and it's uh from what the engineers are telling me and and they talk over my head all the time but it's uh about a 40 percent reduction in muzzle flip with this wow. internal comp so that's a big difference um and you don't have to thread it on or anything like that you don't need a threaded barrel uh so that we are super excited about and a lot of people did get to see it and shoot it uh and we're we're very happy with it so that will be coming out we've got a nine mil carbine um you know that's probably going to be here pretty quick also uh and then at shot show you'll you'll see a couple surprises we can't give them all away nice all kinds of cool stuff on the horizon yep yep so for sure. if uh if anybody wants to follow along that way they're aware of those cool things when they hit uh if they've got questions whatever the case may be uh, what's the best way to follow you guys and what's the best way to, uh, get in touch with you if need be. You can go Facebook, you can message us, Instagram, um, sales at livefreearmory.com. 
um, shoot us a message. We'll answer that. Um, you can always call and uh, and ask for me personally. If I'm in the office, I do travel quite a bit, but one of the uh, the sales team would be glad to uh, to talk to you. We have a great customer service team also. Uh, those guys can take care of any technical questions you have or or issues. And, uh, you know, we're always looking for insight and what's going on in the field and what people like and what, you know, what they're doing with it. And we make better products that way when we get feedback from, from you know, outside our walls. It's always hard to see the uh, forest from inside it. So uh, whatever that saying is, we can't see the trees through the, through the woods or something. Right. They're just clear cut. I don't know. <laughs> yeah right exactly exactly so uh yeah matt thanks for uh thanks for joining us having the conversation. I, I appreciate it thank you for uh for the conversation and we appreciate all the questions and comments from the the gallery out there um you know live free we are definitely a company that's up and coming and we are looking to grow that so hopefully people will take a look at us and give us a chance well, I will definitely be, I guess, shot will be the next show I'm making. So I will definitely be stopping by for uh, sure, and, and saying hello. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, now that uh, we've opened this Pandora's box that I know who you are and what you're doing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've got some interest now, uh, uh, especially media day. Make sure you come over and, you know, shoot the line out. No doubt. Go, go now, are y'all going to be now? Are y'all going to be up on the hill or down below, or do you even know at this point? Uh, at this point, it, it it I know we're going to be on a hundred yard range, um, just so we can do pistols and rifles in the same bay. Ah, okay, so probably um, up up the hill somewhere. Yep, generally, yeah. um, we will be at UC USCCA in uh, their show in Fort Worth in November. Okay, which nice. they have a pretty cool thing there. They have an indoor range, like a mobile range that they put in. That yes, you can actually shoot the guns at in the show, which is different than a lot of other shows do. So we will have some available to do that also, which is pretty cool. Nice. Uh, yeah, I won't be able to make that. Unfortunately, I've got another commitment. They they booked it this year. They did it over the top of something, which is silly. But they moved it like a month later in the year or something, or maybe even two months later in the year too this year, which oh. was weird. So who yeah. knows? Who knows? That's still happening. <laughs> right. I guess so. I guess so. Who knows? So, uh, yeah, as, uh, as the stuff comes out, Matt, y'all are welcome. Hit me up. We'll get sure. you back on, talk about the new stuff and, and all of that. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having us on. And, uh, you know, thanks all the, all the customers and fans out there. We really appreciate it. Thank you for supporting American companies. You bet. And, uh, yeah, with that, uh, going to say thanks again to the Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members. Thanks again one more time to all of you fine folks out there. Remember, we are powered by Trailblazer Farms. Remember, Farm Radio Network, farmsradio.net. Am I missing anything? I don't think. We'll see you next week. I think we've got at least one, maybe two. Then we've got Big Tony Simon next week. And then we've got, I can't remember, but check the channel. Uh, it's there, and also go check out Live Free Armory and all the cool stuff uh, that they're obviously doing now and that they uh, plan on doing in the near future. Uh, that's going to do it for this one. Until next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out CloverTac.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the CloverTac Podcast.